Good morning. Good morning, So we're in the month of Elul. And there's a common theme throughout this month. Oh, you're uh, normally <laughs> the uh, Malik Yeah. Oh, very nice. You're away a couple days. Yeah, I've been away for, yeah, for some time. Two weeks. Yeah, you're counting. A few days in the long time. So, I, I get asked many times by people that aren't really educated about Judaism if different things exist in Judaism. Some people have this picture that because they hear a lot from their Christian friends, they think that certain things only exist in like other religions. For example, one of the, some of the interesting questions I got, someone once asked me, does there exist in Judaism the afterlife? <laughs> when you hear these questions, you think like Judaism invented these things. <laughs> but they, <laughs> but they, they, they think, they hear all about it from Christians and other religions that they almost think that oh, can't, it doesn't exist in Judaism. What? There is a lot of things we take there's more that they take from us than we take from them. And also someone asked me, do we believe in reincarnation? I'm like, are you kidding? There's a whole book from the Arizal called Sefer Arizal. I believe in reincarnation. So one of the things... And then a malach came to you and said, Adam Shalcha, Adam we're very fortunate to have you here. Yeah. So we, um, one of the things that people always wonder about is the repentance, is re- uh, rectifying your, mis- your misdeeds and fixing things that you may have done wrong. People have this, this common thinking that it doesn't really exist in Judaism because uh, you hear about it a lot in, the, in Christianity. It's a big Christian Yeshua. thing. So there's actually one time where the Lubavitcher Rebbe spoke a talk during the 10 days of repentance. I think then he spoke about that there are three words in Hebrew that are translated into English and the translation does not properly translate the words in Hebrew. Those three words are those three, the three words are tshuva, tefillah, and staka. Ah. We say this on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Say tshuva, tshuva, Right? That through tshuva, tefillah, and staka, we get rid of um, any um, any decree. Now, what is tshuva, tefillah, and staka? I'm not going to discuss each one of them. We'll mainly focus on tshuva because that's the the theme during the month of Elul. But tshuva, tefillah, and staka, tshuva translates in English as repentance, tefillah translates as prayer, and staka translates as charity. Now, each of them, the rabbi goes through and explains how the translation in English is a completely wrong depiction of what they actually are. Let's focus on the tshuva. What is repentance? And what is tshuva, really? Now, if you translate the word tshuva in Hebrew literally, the word tshuva comes, if you look at the root of the word, that's what we do in Hebrew, you look for the shayrash, you look for the root of the word, and you look at the prefix and the suffix, but the root of the word is shuv. Shuva, shuva, which means shuv, to return. Yeah, to shuva, and shuva. shuva actually is made up of two words, two words, tashuv, hey. Kabbalah and Chassidus explains very much, um, a, a lot about this theme, that tshuva is made up of two words, tashuv, hey, which means returning the hey or to the hey, which we'll discuss. Now, what is the simple meaning of repentance? Repentance means that you did something wrong 
and you got something to fix. There's something wrong with you. You made a mark, you got a scar, and you need to go through, a, go to a plastic surgeon or something, someone that's going to take care of you to make sure that, because uh, cosmetically, there's not, you don't have anything, any flaw. There's nothing, you, have a, you look perfect and there's nothing wrong with you. That's what people commonly understand Shuvah to me. Now, why is that a wrong um, a misconception and the wrong depiction of what Shuvah really is? Well, the real translation of Shuvah is return. And first of all, let's start with this. Many people think that Shuvah only exists for someone that did a sin. One of the huge revolutions of the Baal Shem Tev and of Chassidus and of Kabbalah is that Shuvah is not something which is only for a sinner. Shuvah is something that even a tzaddik, even someone who never committed a sin in their life, is expected, required, and has the ability and the opportunity to go through the process of tshuva, which already tells you that tshuva is not just fixing something you did wrong. Tshuva is much more than that. How is that possible? Right? You think, what, is that? What, is, what in the world does that mean? So if you look at the real translation of tshuva, that is the key to, to lead us into understanding what it really is. The translation is returning to the head. The A big theme... Actually, my, my father-in-law once made a compilation of, of every time on the Kutzer Torah and Torah one of the big works of the Alter Rebbe, where he asked the question, the following question, Why did the soul descend and enter, and enter this world? And we discussed this in the past, how we have a, our soul was up there close to God, enjoying itself, right? Had no issues, no distractions, and God forced it to be brought down into a world forced it to live in a body where it has to live according to the dictatorship of another, uh, of another being, of the body, wanting to do its own things. And obviously no soul would willingly want to do that. And like we see, that it's against you while you're alive, that uh, what we explain what that means is the soul doesn't want to be in this world. Right. You don't have a choice to be created. Or not. Right. You want, once you're created, then you, the free choice begins. Correct. And um, so... Being here for the soul is a big, is a big journey and a big, uh, it's almost without consent, right? But the soul's here and with a, with a purpose. Now, no matter how, just to, to give the idea of what it is, it's a huge topic, but just to give the idea of it, no matter how great of a person you are, even the biggest tzaddik, even the biggest person that his entire life is in sync with his soul, doing everything that the soul wants and never does anything wrong, never deviates, from what, the soul, what, from what the soul wants, no matter how perfect of a life you live, the soul will never be experiencing the same um, ecstasy, the same perfect uh, experience that it has close to God before it came back down into the body. Because even the biggest tzaddik is restricted by being in this world. We're in the world of time and space. And yeah, God gives the tzaddik maybe a bit more ability to see beyond that and to work beyond that, but he still lives in this world. So no matter how, how, how perfect of a life you live, you're still away from God. You're still away, the soul is still away from its, from its comfort zone, from where it feels like it belongs. And therefore, your entire life, even the tzaddik, and especially the tzaddik, because the tzaddik's in tune with it, he feels it. And so if you think about it like this, the tzaddik out of everyone is the one that is experiencing tshuva the most and trying to do tshuva the most. Because tshuva is about returning ourselves back to the experience that the soul had when it was up there close to God. But returning back to the experience while we're in the body. You hear? That's what tshuva is. What is tshuva? It's bringing, it's aligning ourselves with our soul and bringing us back to a place where the soul can experience 
the same experience that it has close to God while we're down in the body. But tzaddik doesn't really fluctuate, right? They're pretty constant. Okay, they're consistent. You're saying they, they're always doing what's right. They're never making mistakes. Yeah, that's that's your, yeah, but again, tshuva is not, about, not, not just about fixing the sin. Tshuva is about re, uh, bringing the soul back to its experience that it had close to God, which tzaddik doesn't have. And he's working at that, trying to get that experience. So in the, yeah, in a way, tzaddik is the one that, that can esh do tshuva, can, that can first. So understanding tshuva like that, that really is the meaning. That's a tzaddik. Now let's go to the other extreme: the person that sinned. <laughs> For him, tshuva is much more than just returning to the sultan's experience. I mean, forget about returning to the sultan's experience. He's living in a world where he's doing everything wrong, um, and he's not literally, literally not allowing the soul to live its experience, right? So what is so? The truth is that the, that the real meaning of tshuva is the same exact thing for him, because, and this is where the rabbi takes us to a whole new perspective, that even a person that sins, they're never really away from God. Even the person that sinned, they may have, they may on the on the surface on their skin, they may have a scar, but 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 deep inside. They're always, there's something in them that's always connected. And because of that, for them, tshuva is not that you're far away, you did something wrong, and now you have to find your way back. And you're somewhat disconnected, and you need to connect yourself again. You've been cut off, and now you need to, you need to, uh, um, re, you need to make again, and re, redo that connection. Tshuva, the real returning means that you're returning back home. That it really, that's your place. That's really where you are. Even when you're away, you're always, a part of you is always still holding on to that strong connection that it has with God. And what you're trying to do is, get, is just get the rest of yourself to be back there and to be aligned with it. And therefore, even though you may, a person may have done something wrong, may have sinned, may feel far away, there's a part of them that's never far away. And all they're doing is returning not just back to somewhere else, returning back to themselves, returning back to that part of them that's always connected. Like the idea of this way, meaning, yeah, returning. returning so uh, officially not, <laughs> right? Yeah. But we don't have to do any hail marys. If you ask your Rebbe and Chayde, if you doesn't translate it that way, he wouldn't kick you out. Of Actually, most people probably don't understand Shuvah because they, they did; they weren't guilt afterwards. They did Shuvah. In other words, everybody walks around with guilt, right? But they, they, the it's, I it's, that I'm thinking for for religion is the best interpretation. But so it works for religion. But in, especially in Christianity, yeah, other religions, even in Judaism, like you said, people push their agenda that you do something wrong, you're far, you're, you're a bad guy, you, you, you have everything wrong with you, you need to... So stupid though, what does that do? Right. It brings you, that's what creates problems. How can someone ever really disconnect if that's the interpretation? You're never disconnected. Even my friends are... So it's it, meaning you would think, what is the revolution? But you, you don't realize that you're brought they, up they, with this since you're a little kid. But don't they have <laughs> specific prescriptions, like so many Hail Marys or so many? Yeah. I guess we don't have anything that. I mean, Shuva as a whole, in general, is just returning back to yourself. Now, understanding like that it gives a whole other perspective to the month of, t- month of Elul and Tishrei. And we did, I said this story in the past, so I'm not going to say it again, with uh, Rav Shmuel Munkis, with the Magid, I wanted to... I said, I said it here. 
the Magid, the Shmuel Munkus, should I say it one more time? Absolutely. Say it again because it's, it's uh, important to understand. I want to say another story. Let me say another story, then I'll say that. That uh, I once heard that there was uh, the following story that uh, um, I'm going to embellish it a little to, to, <laughs> so it's more. Okay. That there was um, a, a convention. And at this convention, there was a big rabbi the one that got up and it was during the month of Elul and wanted to give the crowd, it was, it was in our generation recently, it wasn't like 100 years ago, and was trying to give the crowd a feeling of what's going on, the month of Elul, Tishrei. So he gave the example of the IRS, that, uh, that a person's been money laundering for many years and they've been, uh, found their loopholes to avoid taxes and whatever they, they, they figured out. And the IRS caught on. And the IRS caught on, and they're now tracking him down. And they come to do an audit, and they're, they're at his business. And he basically goes on with, with many details, trying to, to depict that this person is sitting there shaking, because he knows they're going to catch him. He knows he may end up spending years in prison. And he's, he's very scared. And he's trying to plead with the, with the, with the IRS taxman, whatever the, the person's called, the officer, and he's trying to plead with them, trying to figure his way out and trying to get a way to fix it. I can fix it. Give me a way to fix it. And he, he, he doesn't know. He may, he may be sentenced to many to years in prison. And he goes on and on giving that, that picture because it's a very practical, modern example to be able to feel the feeling that a person knows that his stakes are in the hands, in the, in the mouth of this guy that's going to write his sentence or going to do something to him. And he knows that it's, it's very scary. So there was someone else in the room that felt that this guy is giving a good picture of how scared you got to be during the month of Elul, but he's giving the wrong picture of tshuva. So he, um, so he, after this person finishes, he gets up and he gets up at the podium and he says, I have one thing to add. He says, everything he said is true, but I have one thing to add, one addition. And that is, what if that IRS officer is your father? What is what? Not, so I don't know if that will help everyone. <laughs> But for, for but but it changes the whole picture. Yes, you you're doing you may be doing everything wrong. Yes, you have every reason to. But when he's your father, there's there's business and then there's family. <laughs> that it only the business only goes to a certain point. At a certain point, it's father and son. And when you think of it like that, <laughs> when you think of it like that, that is that is really what the whole month of Elul Tishrei is. Yes, on one hand. We're trying to, we make a calculation, we think about everything we've done, and we realize that, yeah, there's many things that need to be fixed, many things that we, we, we talk, uh, we, we were, we're expected to be held accountable for. But at the end of the day, the person on the, other, on the other side is the person that loves you more than anyone else. The person on the other side is the person that cares about you more than anyone else, and wants the best for you. And therefore, when you think about it like that, it's not just, it's not, you're never awake. It's returning. It's returning to, to something inside of you that's always connected. But the process is realizing that you're always connected. Realizing that you have that. Realizing that, that, that it's there. And we re, once you realize that, then you can start returning to it. That's what the month of Elul and Tishra is about. Realizing that, that you always have that connection, working towards realizing that. And once you realize that, you can then begin the process to returning to it. So um, I wish myself and everyone here that now we're 10 days in. We're third through the month of Elul. So uh, with this perspective, it's, uh, um, it's something to, we, we focus on very much like we see the positive. That it's a, bit, it's a much more positive approach to tshuva. It's not repentance, it's returning. That it's, uh, yes, there's negativity, there's things we've done wrong, but if it's not packaged properly, 
then we're, we're, we miss the point. We don't realize what's really, what we're really supposed to be doing. So during this month, during the next, uh, I mean, it's a month to Yom Kippur now. So um, uh, during the next month, what we really need to be focusing on is trying to find that part in us, which is always connected, which is the son of the father, the son of the IRS officer, that tr- finding that part in us, which is, which, is, which is loved, feels loved, and it feels connected, and returning back to that, and aligning ourselves and connecting back with that, and with that, everything else falls away. Our issues, we don't want to make a mistake again. When you realize you have a strong connection, then that gives you the feeling and the, con- your, the conviction that you don't want to do. You don't want to, you don't want to go out because you feel so closely connected. Um, Chaim. Oh.